G'day, I'm your host, Ben68, and this evening I was fortunate to have a fantastic chat with fellow Australian and Upland Metaverse community member, Swali129. Swali's journey into the Upland Metaverse began about 18 months ago, and his story is nothing short of remarkable. In this episode, Swali outlines and we discuss his Upland adventure to date, including his highlights, challenges, moments of triumph, and setbacks. From his early days to his current standing as an Upland standard treasure hunting master, Swali also shares some of his vision for Upland's limitless future potential. Join us for an enlightening conversation that offers valuable insights into a pro standard treasure hunter and a glimpse into the exciting world of the metaverse and beyond. Warning, the information and opinions within solely for the individuals involved contains content not suitable for anyone. Thank you very much. Um, Swali129 is here tonight as the first guest on the kind of new long-form interview series that I'm starting up again. It's been, jeez, it's been a couple of years since I've done one-on-one interviews, so bear with me, Swali. I might be a bit rusty here. We'll see how we go. It makes two of us. <laughs> All right, so just... Um, you're somebody who is from the Upland community, and I had a look at your stats before. You've been playing for coming up on 18 months. Sound about right? Yeah, about that. About yeah. that, yes. Now, before we get into all of that, um, you said you're you're living in Dubbo at the moment, but you're not from Dubbo. Is there anything more you want to say about that in real life stuff? Uh, in real life stuff, um, my stepfather's in the airport, so I don't really have a home as such, so I grew up all over Australia. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, family reasons I'm here at the moment, but I'm um, all but married to an English lady and looking to forward to traveling the world with it, really. So, oh. um, yeah, Dubbo is just a short stop over, I suppose, if you want to put it that way. But Nice. Yeah, I've yeah. I've only ever stopped over in Dubbo on the way driving from Warrnambool back, back home to the Gold Coast. Dubbo is kind of almost bang smack in the middle of that drive. So. And that's the thing about Dubbo. It's kind of the middle of everything. That's why yeah, it is where it is, I suppose. So you you've been around the place. Whereabouts in Australia have you lived? I was born in Victoria. Grew up mostly in New South Wales in Sydney, um, yep. and then I yeah. I've, so most of my life is New South Wales. So I consider myself a New South Welshman, especially when it comes to football. Um, but outside of that, yeah, not really anywhere's home, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, I've. I was born just over the border in Tweed Ed, so I'm, I also go for the Blues, um, even though I spent most of my life on the Gold Coast, but Blue Blood Fair enough. from my father. So you're thinking about going off on adventures. Is there anywhere in specific you're going to head? Um, not specifically. I mean, other, until about a couple of months ago, I hadn't even been outside the country. Mm. So we went back back to her home in England in May and for a month and met her family and whatnot and that was great. I actually met um was happened to be there at the same time as the London meetup. Oh really? So yeah, so just the timing of it just obviously wouldn't go over there just for the London meetup. But um yeah. for us it was like an hour and a half, two hour train trip into London and yeah, met Dirk and a bunch of the others and yeah. that was a great night actually. It was a really good night. That's sweet. Yeah, but I get the um, invite to the chief executive dinner every year, and I'm like, yeah, that's a hell of a long way and a lot of money to go for a free dinner. So, I'd love to go to Vegas every year, but yeah, same still. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know that sort of cash to fly. I mean, if I lived anywhere in, in the States, I'd be there every year, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's hell of a flight, and you know, you, realistically, I'd have to have a full week off work to make it worthwhile, and I'm not At just going to say... See you later, wife and kids. I'm going off to Gallivant around Las Vegas. So 
Well, well, my missus plays Upland as well, so it would go together, obviously. But um, yeah, it's just the cost. Yeah, the cost and time is just way too much. One day I'll get there. I'll definitely get there for at least one year. Yep. Um, but yeah, I won't get any of these multi-year badges and stuff like that, which is you know is what it is. Yeah. Oh, we do know that Upland, Upland loves to support the home base, shall we say? And I've been whining and complaining about spreading the love down our way for years and years and years. Not much luck to date. Um, would you be willing to travel like in Australia to go to if there was a big meetup in Sydney or oh, something like that? Hundred percent. I th- honestly thought they were going to release Sydney for the the Women's World Cup. Mm. So I thought that was going to happen. Uh, I mean, Sydney for me is only four hour drive, but hundred percent, I'd go Melbourne, yeah, yeah, Brisbane, whatever, wherever they had the meetup and whatever city they released. But whether Upland do it, I mean, I'd like to think that there's enough Australian players that we could have our own meetup, but. Yeah, well, I believe that's what's happening with the um, – there's one in, I'm going to say Holland. Is that correct? Du- there's a Dutch uh, meetup uh, or something? Des Jacks. Uh, um, I did say something like that. Um, Amsterdam, was it? Yeah, so it's somewhere over there. that I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if Des Jack and the community organise that, but there there is avenues available where if you want to set something yeah. up, like Upland will support you to do it. So I'd say Lily would be all, all over that. Yeah, well, I have to wait and see. But yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to travel to Sydney. That's only what 50, 50 minute flight from here, I think. So something like that be doable. Yeah. Or you can come. They can all come to Las Vegas in Australia. It's pretty much the Gold Coast, isn't it? Gold Coast or Brisbane. Well, exactly. Brisbane, right. Vegas. What? So. No. Right. so you've been playing for about eighteen months, and like I said, I did do a bit of sneaky peeking before. So I'll, I'll just bring up your stats just so we can kind of. Kind of set a baseline for where we're at. So, yeah, it says you started April 28th, 2022. Current home address is in Holliswood, which is the Radshed node. Yep, the first YouTuber I came across. So is that how you got mixed up with him? With Radshed, yeah. So um, I first started, it was about two weeks, I think it was, after the Queen's release when I first started playing. So mm. I happened to just end up being in Queen's because it was the most recent city. I don't really know if I selected it or it was just the default or what the story was there. Mm. But I found my Block Explorer floating around Queen's. Um, so I remember going back and watching a bunch of videos. There was an Australian YouTuber that I was watching initially where it sort of got me into Upland in the first place. Oh, Metaverse um, Billionaires or something? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, he, he was a, a good bloke. Yeah, um, and but he seemed to have, like a lot of them at the moment, just sort of gone a bit quiet. Um, yep. So I was watching him actually for an entirely different project, and he kept going every now and again. He bang out a video for Upland, and I had <laughs> come across Upland twelve months earlier, but I looked at it and went, "No, nah, it's not for me." M- mostly because I didn't really understand it. Um, mm. So that would have been probably early two thousand and twenty-one. So I'm just, I look at it now and go, "I've oh, only I just stuck with it just a little bit." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. I'd be so much further along now than where I am. But anyway, it is what it is. So does so, that mean does that mean you come from a crypto background? Is it was that your toy? Yeah. yeah. So I so late twenty twenty I started getting introduced to crypto at work and as a result of that, um started watching different crypto videos and I'm sort of a gamer myself. So I started getting into I'm looking into investing in different games. I think that that's where the it, I think potentially things could blow up in the future in terms of um Think of like if there was ever a epic in crypto, like the amount of money that that would make, mm. epic games or something like that. I'm not suggesting that anything's going to go as big as epic games, but I mean, imagine uploading with two million users. Like, yeah, 
Absolutely. Two million active daily users yeah. or something like that. Yeah, for real. So so that was you, – you were kind of intrigued by the play-to-earn aspect. Yeah, so I was looking at different – and especially passive earnings. So the other projects I was looking at was, you know, owning NFTs. You'd loan them out to other people who would earn money with them and you'd earn a cut of that. So stuff like that. And then – so that's where I sort of started getting into gaming and and this – and most – Poker doesn't really change because I do see that potentially with Upland as well in the future. But, um, but yeah, by watching Metaverse Billionaire, I sort of he kept talking about Upland, and I sort of ignored it for about a few months, and then eventually I started watching a bit more. Like I'd, I'd skip the videos initially, and then I'd watch the video just to support him. Mm. And then eventually it got me hooked, and I bought my first property, and then it's, I haven't looked back since. Nice, so, all right. Some ups and downs with it, but you know, <laughs> such as life. So nothing goes smoothly, but so um, yeah. So I, I guess the if you're coming into it from the play to earn aspect, you, you know, we get most of our earnings is in UPX, which is just the in-game currency. W- was yeah. it the USD out feature that kind of got you like hooked? Shall we say? Not really. Um, I sort of, the fact that you could earn and grow, like if you didn't want to spend money, you can earn and grow. Obviously, it's a bit slower, but you can earn and grow without spending money in this game. Yep. Um, so it was just that being able to grow and have that what, 17, 14% interest that you earn on your properties and then your collections and stuff. I don't know what hooked me initially. I do like that collecting and getting involved in that. But mm. I mean, I haven't taken a single USD out of the game yet and don't plan on doing that anytime soon. Mm. Um, exactly when I plan to do that, I'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I'm thinking probably, probably not until the end of 2025, I reckon. Yeah. So is there any kind of um, like, uh, kind of set figure you're trying to aim towards or anything like that? I, what are you up to now? You're just uh, 15 million net worth. So you've got past worth, the, the executive status. Yeah. In terms of net worth, and the chief executive is so far away, I don't even – it's going to take so long. Yep. Um, net worth, no, not really. I'm, a lot of the YouTubers and big players and that sort of aim for that million upex a month type, which is $1,000 a month type income that would be yep. a good goal i'm a long way from that still um i think with sends i've just ticked over 10k a day which is a nice little milestone yeah um, absolutely but, um but it wasn't that long ago when i was aiming to get to 1000 a day I don't know. yeah absolutely so, you do pick up momentum and speed as you yeah as and you it's go. So there's always you grow yeah, there's always a number, another number to chase. I remember when I first started playing, and I was like, if I could just get my dividends to like ten thousand upex a month, I'll be content. <laughs> it's just, yeah. but then you get you get eleven thousand. You're like, oh well, I guess the next thing's twenty thousand, and then yeah, you just keep going and going yeah. and going. I remember buying a property early on in Queens. It was in USD, but it was like nineteen dollars, and I was yeah. like, whoa, this is like the most expensive property I own. I mean, it doesn't even come close now, obviously, with different collections yep. and whatnot. But back then, I was like, oh, you know, this is, you know, it was like my pride and joy. This is crappy little property. It's not even in the collection now. Like, it's so small compared to everything else. <laughs> but yeah. just, I look back now and look at a property for 15000 in Queensland. I don't even think twice. It's like 15000 mm. no big, no big deal. But when I first started, like, you know, that obviously when you start with 75000 it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take long to spend it all. 
Absolutely. Now, did you get involved with the crypto in? Has that been something you've played around with? Crypto in, no. I don't know. No. So that that's basically pretty much, I'd say, more than 90% of anything that I've put in up to Upland has been by the, you know, send Bitcoin through or mostly I used, um, what did I use? USDT or whatever the, whatever the tether one is that they have. Yeah, so that's... I haven't even seen that, to be honest, because I was a bit annoyed that you couldn't do it or couldn't do that. Initially, I was trying to put USD because I didn't realize you could just buy a property with USD like through a credit card. Mm. So I thought you had to transfer USD into your account, and, which you can do, and then um, and then buy it through USD that way. And then I realized that you can just use a credit card and like that was a big mistake. So now I look at my transaction history and it's like, because at the moment, I've just been buying lots of $3 properties in Queens, yep. just cleaning up. Like fifty percent mint value, three dollars. Like to me, it's a bargain. It helps my treasure hunting. I get send fees as well as little tiny bit of monthly fees. Yeah, like win, win, win. Um, and when I've had enough treasure hunting, I hope to just turn around and flip them back for roughly what they're worth, like the mint value of them. Yeah. So, so, so the crypto in is possible. There, I think there's about a dozen different cryptos you can send through, but that that only buys you a UPX. That that you can't do anything with the USD balance, so it's kind of separate there. There has Which, also been talk about um, for for the longest time. There's been talk about having a crypto out function as well. That would be good. That would be yeah. good, especially if we can avoid using um, what is it the payment uh, Tilia, yeah. The, Atelier or PayPal or whatever it is that uses the fees and stuff that go with that. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, all the fees and the extra transactions. And I, I just, I hate messing with USD. I do do it fairly regularly now, but there's, there's just so many of the scary tax implications associated with playing around with that system too. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I don't take, I'm not even looking at taking money out anytime soon. And then when I do, I'll probably do one big hit yep. and then probably just go back to growing for the next X amount of years or whatever. Yeah, that's but, good again cross that bridge when we get to it. Absolutely. All right. I'll just go back to your um, stats here. So yeah, what are you two hundred k per month without boost? That's pretty healthy. Yeah. So that's just ticked over three hundred with sends. I think I've just ticked over three hundred. So without sends, what's it say? So I'm just going to bring it up now. It's about two seventy. I think it is. Yeah, two seventy three. Nice. So you're kind of chasing the round that off to 300 would be nice. So, yeah. 1,207 properties. You're definitely, you're definitely in. That's, That's Queens. A, That's mostly Queens, yeah. Yeah, I was having a look at that before. And I, I, I love your charts here. Um, if you listen on the Spotify, we've got the mint net worth and the properties net worth chart, and yours is just tracking up very, very, very close together. Not like mine. Mine's got a massive gap between them. Um, and you are... You said you're gobbling up a lot of those um, under mint three dollar ones yeah. in Queens too, so you can see that that's had a pretty big impact where your lines had started to get closer separated. together again, and then they've separated again. Well, they they look like they get closer together with the city releases. So the last couple of big ones with um, London and Tokyo, I've spent like one point five million upex. Yeah. So that seems to close that gap when you do that, and then obviously they start separating hmm. after. Nice. Um, Yes, and looking at your city chart now, you're all about the queens. Holy moly. Yes, yeah, so queens with treasure. I mean, people keep selling them at less than half price USD. To me, it's just a no-brainer. Like, I believe in the game long term, so to me, it's a no-brainer. Um, it's not money 
that I need to for day to day. Like I don't spend money that I can't afford. Like they yep. always say. I mean, upland disappeared tomorrow. I'd be pretty upset, but you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, life wouldn't end for me. Yeah, well, you're just um, not putting in more than you're willing to lose, eh? As they say. Well, that's it. So, um, yeah, I, did, I did um have a sneak peek before too. You you don't have a director's block explorer. You haven't applied for that yet. I haven't applied. For, I did do one application, which was for basically a baby Yoda, and I figured that probably fell into the public figure thingy. They knocked it back, so I was like, oh, gave it a crack. Yep. Um, I just can't. It's like getting tattoos. I just can't choose one, so I don't have one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just picked mine just off on pretty much on a whim. I was just like, oh, that'll do, and went with it. So yeah, I think it be, can be one of those things where you can overanalyze it and you just paralysis by analysis, as they say. Yeah, that's not something I'm really too stressed about. I mean, I've got obviously get all the different ones. There's nothing that really jumps out at it to me. I mean, I swap and change all the time anyway, just for something different. I'm always looking at it you know, several hours a day. So mm. I just chop and change for something different every now and again. But it, I mean, I've seen other people try and sell their block explorer. Un yeah, I was just going to ask that. Um, Is that something that has ever tempted you, the block explorer submission for hire? I Someone threw a figure at me I couldn't refuse. Obviously, I would. I mean, all about growing my account. So a block explorer doesn't do anything for growing your account, where if someone threw a, a figure about or something at me that made me think about it, I'd be like, well, you know. But I can't see that happening. I mean, the people try and sell their... Custom made ones for a hundred thousand. Whether they sell them, I don't know. But you see a lot of them in the block explorer shops. Yeah, it's so. before the kind of player base kind of had that last big explosion. There was people getting I forget the specific numbers, but they were making some pretty good bank on you know selling the opportunity to apply for their block explorer. And there was plenty of people flipping their one on ones and getting like sometimes just crazy money. So I think those days are probably past us. At this stage, though. Yeah. Well, that's kind of why I went with Baby Yoda. He's pretty popular. Like Everyone loves it, Mandalorian and stuff like that. So, But if I ever did want to flip it, I'd probably get a decent price for like a Baby Yoda. But yeah, I'm guessing they fell, fell into the public figure type. Cause, I don't know. Even though he's a fictional character, I thought I'd give it a crack. Got knocked back. Yeah, they, they they definitely seem to crack down on that recently too because, you know, back in the day, they were, it was just a free-for-all. People were getting Batmans and Scooby-Doos and all sorts of well, stuff that... That's that's why I try to do it. I have seen seen that, but anyway, it is what it is. Right now, before we kicked off, um, you mentioned one of the things. Well, why mention one of the things I want to touch on was some of the successes or failures you've had in the ecosystem, and it sounded like you had a pretty good failure there. What was that all yeah, about? Yeah, very a very good blonde moment when I first started. Um, so I had used the user code to sign up with. So I had my seventy five thousand fifty dollars, obviously, and then twenty five bonus. And I'm floating around Queens not knowing what the hell I was doing. I didn't know anything about collections. And I happened to be floating over the top of Forest Hills, which if you're in Queens, you know, that's the blue collection. Um, and I had no idea what I was looking at. And I saw a, uh, obviously heaps of unminted stuff, which is where I should have been focusing my attention as a new player, especially at FSA. But again, I didn't know any of this at very beginning anyway. Um, so... I was just floating. I happened to be floating around Forest Hills and I clicked on a property and I saw this little 40 Upix on the top left-hand corner of the property. I'm like, well, that's pretty cheap. All right, click buy. Didn't really pay attention to what I was doing. Click buy and then realized 20 or nearly 30,000 Upix had disappeared from my account. It's wow. for a property that min minted for like four or 5,000 Upix or something like that. Mm. So I paid probably five times what it was worth. 
And even as a blue collection, it's probably not even worth two times what it would be for. But anyway. It's not too bad. There's I a lot of people got way more that, burnt than that. But I realised like my Apex account went from 75000 down to well under 50000 I'm like, hang on, that only meant to cost me forty. What What the hell? Yeah, I jump yeah. on the Discord and I'm like, what happened? I paid, bought this property for forty, and people obviously very quickly pointed out my error um, and made me feel quite stupid, but, you know. Ouch. So that property remains. I will never sell that. It'll be the last one that I have, I reckon. Yeah. Just, that's a reminder of do your research before you jump in, but anyway. Did you put a structure up on there to commemorate it? It's too small. I can't even put a um, oh, micro. Really? Yeah, I keep... <laughs> Can't even <laughs> put a micro house. Um, actually, I'll wow. give you the address. I'll give you. A, it's just, it's just a narrow. Like it. Um, it's yeah, it's so narrow. I can't. Yeah, that's frustrating. Those that I've got a bunch of those in. I think there's in the Bronx. I've got a heap. Um, it's something we've been screaming for. Like, and the kicker is, you look at the street view on these, and there's a bloody three three story oh, yeah. townhouse on them. It just doesn't make any sense. Half the time, the issue is not so much the building that they let you build. It's the base the footprint, footprint of the building, which is yep. a lot wider than the building, and that overlaps by a millimeter or something, and therefore you can't build. Yeah, that's um, frustrating. Yeah, so I can't even put a micro house on it. Like it's, and that's, I mean, I've got in my head, I've got like these ten things that I would like to see in Upland change, which is I'm only one of you know thirty, fifty thousand players, so I mean yep. little, but. Um, one of the things is I'd like to see some sort of blueprint type option. Like when you're looking at buying a property, it might even be a big property to put a factory on it. You might want to put a large factory. Yep. And there's no way to know for sure that the factory is going to fit, especially with that base footprint of it until you buy it. And then you try to build and you're like, oh, it's not quite wide enough. It's just a, it's a fraction, two upex not wide enough. And you're like, oh. Yep. Yeah. Plenty um, of people recently got burnt like, um, buying properties for the speedway, speedway building to put that up, and, and it's the same thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They need to have like just some sort of you can click on it and just blueprint type style where you, to see if it would fit. Like if it's before you buy it, so you can just go, yeah, this property will suit the type of building I want, whether mm. it be a factory or a showroom or just the townhouse. Like, what's well, um, it's an interesting point because like if you if you go to say my my decor showroom, you can click on one of the items and you can do all of the placement in that. Like you can um, pretend place that on your property and you can move it around, but, um, and then you can just cancel the transaction. Like it won't go through. So that kind of system, it's kind of there, but it's just not related to the structures. So that's a bit, yeah, that, no. that, that would be a very handy feature. So that's one. You said you got 10. Yeah, the, I, we haven't got all night, so <laughs> some of them aren't, aren't unique. Um, this is Swally's little world. Um, yeah, some of them aren't unique. Some of, You've sort of touched on a few with, like, utility for houses and stuff like that. Um, yep. But, yeah, treasure hunting, like, there's a few little ones there that would just suit treasure hunters. But, anyway, that, that's we're going off tangent a little bit here. But um, Yeah, you're right. So that was... If, no, I don't think that's that bad as a, as a failure. It's kind of probably a missed opportunity. Like you could have put those funds towards something else, but um, I could we, have bought probably six FSA properties for the same price that it cost me to buy this. I mean, it was a it was a standard collection, so it wasn't the end of the world. But yeah, yeah. standard collection that cost me a lot more than it should have. 
Yeah, I reckon you've been pretty hard on yourself there. I think you've done all right. If that's if that's the biggest failure you could point to, I think you must be doing something right. So, what, yeah. what about successes? Um, I don't have a lot of luck with successes, so to speak. Like, obviously, building up a treasure map. Like, once I've sort of decided that I wanted to go down that road, because it took a few months before I did that seriously. Like, probably a couple of months before I even started really hunting at all. Mm. Um. Mostly because you need to build up a bit of a map to begin with. Now, uh, treasure hunting now, like I don't know how new players would start building a treasure map because until you've got an extensive map, it'd be near impossible. The way they've, with the latest nerf and the arrows, like the only reason why I still do treasure hunt is because I already had an extensive map. Yeah. If you're starting up in coins now, like you'd need to buy two, 300 properties to begin with before you'd even start hunting. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. Yeah. But then so, we have seen too, like um, when London first came on, but I think London was before this last nerf, wasn't it? But Tokyo has been after yeah. and there's been people say, oh, they've made heaps there with only, you know, half a dozen properties in Tokyo. But I, I guess it's the, the size smaller. there. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like the properties are really tiny. When you compare Tokyo to other cities, like the property sizes are really small too. So your discovery, yeah. your discovery range in terms of where you land covers yep. a lot more individual properties than what you would in, like in Dallas or something where they're really big. Yeah, that's um that can be a problem in areas like um if I ever do a hunt, it's usually in San Francisco. The east side of San Francisco, particularly the northeast side, the properties up there tend to be really massive. And yeah, you, you can waste just dozens of cents trying to find it because you know, because of the fact you land right bang smack in the middle of the property. Yeah. And yeah. you don't get to see, discover the ones around it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the Queens is good, and it doesn't have a lot of huge properties, but it is a big city. So that's where the time comes into it. How, how do you so, go with? Um, I know when I've hunted previously in is it is it Brooklyn that it's next to, or is it the Bronx? I don't know my geography. So joins, yeah, Brooklyn. That sort of yeah. joins that landmass wise. Yeah. How do you go there with um, hunting right? Because there's no, there's no real visual border there when you're hunting between the two. But there's not. It doesn't take long though. When you're doing it every day, it doesn't take long before you start realizing the boundaries. Like yep. I don't turn, you don't turn the boundaries on when you're hunting because it does slow create yep. a bit of a lag and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but between having all your little blue dots and you just, yeah, it doesn't take long to pick. You do it every day, like up to 80 times every day, like you pick it up real quickly where your borders are and I'll know roughly where I'm in Queens without even zooming out of the map. Yeah, cool, because so you've just done it. Yeah, like I probably know Queens better than a lot of people that live in Queens. <laughs> it's funny, I mean, that isn't it? Yeah. Don't plop me on a street and go, right now, find your way here. I won't get there. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, um, did you yeah. have any interest in kind of America? Had you? Well, you said you hadn't travelled, so obviously you'd never been there before. Or did you know much of the lay of the land or the different cities and whatnot? I. I know as much as the next person. I'm like, I'm not an expert or anything like that. I'd love to go there for a, actually, I'd love to go there for like 12 months and just sort of cruise around and check everything out and go to sporting events. I'd love to go to football and baseball. And yep. I mean, I don't even like it. Hides hockey, but I'd go check it out. All this, I mean, they definitely do it better than what we do. Yeah. Um, as far as atmosphere and whatnot goes. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, no, I mean, you can't not, live on this planet not new york and whatnot but the reason why i'm in queens as opposed to anywhere else it just happened to be the city that was released about two weeks before i started yeah That's the only reason i mean i look back now and i think 
I think Lost um, San Fran might have been what was released when I first ever looked at Upland. Yeah, it probably um, would have been. And yep. I, I wish, I wish that I had been around in those. I mean, San Fran would be so much better to hunt than Queens. Even um, the Bronx is better to hunt than Queens. Yep. Being a bit smaller, but they're just too expensive to set up a web now. Yeah. Being all sold out and whatnot. Where a new player can still probably set up a decent web in Queens today under Mint. You know, yeah, well, until it and, sells out. Yeah, and, and that's an option that was never available to us back in the day in San Francisco, though. So there's always, you know, there's always pros and cons of when you come in. Everyone says, oh, I feel like I'm late. Well, when I started, I felt like I was late. I was looking around the map and seeing people with um, accounts worth 5 million UPEX, and I was like, I just couldn't fathom it. How, how could you possibly have an account worth that much on a bloody mobile game? It just didn't make any sense to me. So. Yeah, I definitely felt late, but yeah, I mean, but having said that, I was still well and truly before the first International City was released. Um, yep. So I get up at 2am like you do and oh get every single one of these releases and I just try and mint what I can. At very worst, you're going to pick up a city collection. Yep. So for a while there, all I was trying to do was like with all the um, US cities was just try and get a three in each one. So I had each city sort of covered. Yep. There was a couple that were just too expensive. I still don't own any in Manhattan yet. Yep. Um, you can get them under mint price, but they're still like two hundred US dollars. Yeah, they're usually the big ones. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all so, on economies of scale. So that one's still on the wish list. I, I've mentioned before, I have a rule with property. I won't buy them if they don't meet that baseline. So if you mint a property, that to me is a baseline of a property is in a two X collection. I will pay two X for it. Yep. In USD, but I won't pay any more than that. And right now, I, I think we must be at the low point in the bear market of the crypto, so the low point of Upland, and there's just a lot of bargains out there if you're willing to look for them and negotiate with people. So, Well, I actually noted that down. When you said um, you weren't really thinking about pulling any USD out until like 2025, is, is that... Is part of that reason because, you know, you've got a crypto background and we know we're at the... You know, we've been in quite a bear market 100%. at the moment. So that's waiting for us to get out and on the other end of that. 100%. I can even see from when I first started that Upland has died off somewhat in terms of the numbers. I don't get onto those different websites that show you all the stats and whatnot, like some of the YouTubers and that do, but I see them bring, bring that from time to time. And we're doing all right with, I think, 30,000 active wallets or something like that. Um, it's nothing compared to what it could be. Yep. Um, but no doubt in 2025, assuming the crypto market goes like everyone says it will, people yep. will start coming into money and they'll see Miles ads everywhere again and they'll probably come along here and throw a few dollars into Upland. And So I do see Upland being very closely linked to the crypto market, even though some players in Discord will argue that it's not a crypto game. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to argue with you because I'll get beat by experience. But yeah, um, yeah so I definitely... So I think my goal is if and when we get there is to really just recover what I put in. Yep. They're and about. So they're basically playing for free. And I probably, I don't know what I'll do from that point onwards. Mm. Um, across that bridge, we'll get to it. Depends on what Upland do, how well it develops. I mean, I've got a plan A, B and C and no doubt I'll end up with a D and F at some point, but. Nice. Yeah. So I, I saw an interview with Lord Doll really early on when I first started playing where he was talking about he could see a day with like layer two games where you have like a driver simulator or a flight simulator game hooked into Upland with yep. the trucks. So you transport, you know, your stuff around the 
country and whatnot. And I just thought the flight simulator, that's interesting. Like people are playing that for free now. Will that ever be introduced in Upland? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But, you know, I'd love to own an airline in Upland, be a virtual airline. Um, What's the right word? Mogul, something Mogul, like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, and have someone else, you know, fly the plane, like play the game to fly the planes around. Like obviously with city releases and treasure hunting and stuff like that, people are always moving around the city. I could, I could see a day when that could be implemented, whether it ever does or not. I and mean, I'm not holding my breath. Um, Obviously yeah. I'd treasure hunt for the spark and I could see a day where I could lease a spark out and earn a re- reasonably decent income from that. Yeah. Well, or- wouldn't we love to see that? I mean, well, something that I think would completely change that, that whole market. Well, look, there's a couple of things that I always talk about. One is like having some kind of dividend boost on your properties if they've been built, like a 5% dividend boost or something. I don't think it would take much, like a little bit of a kickback to give people uh, a true reason to be building. I think that would pump a bunch of life back into the Spark token. But I think the big kicker would be um, third-party staking on factories. That yeah. that would be the biggest one. Um, yeah, so... I agree with like, and that was one of my ten thoughts. Swally's suggestions was the properties, and it needs to go a little bit further. If you just had a building, obviously everyone would just whack up a micro house on a large property just to get that extra bit of boost, yep. which kind of defeats the purpose. So it needs to have some sort of range or something like that. So like a micro house would give you a half a percent boost or something like that, where a, an apartment building would give you, and it also give you an incentive to buy bigger properties as well. Like it's really hard to flip big properties because people don't want to spend that extra money. Yeah, that's so a good if point. A bigger, if a bigger property had can obviously house a bigger building on it, then you could get bigger rewards from it. So, well, um, there is that so, mechanic in play because you know we do know the apartment building has what is it eight living units or something? The tenants, which I've yeah, never understood to this day. I still don't understand what that means. Well, it's it's one of those things that it was always supposed to have been tied in with the the rental system that was supposed to come on board. So, you know, technically if you had an apartment building, you could rent that one property out to eight different people. Whereas if you put a townhouse on there, you were only going to be able to rent that to three people or a small townhouse, you're only going to be able to rent that to one or something. So that was always the reasoning. I had heard about people talk about renting and I wonder if that works out with treasure hunting. Like, can you rent us like a bunch yeah. of city, a bunch of properties in a city? Because yep. obviously now they have the dynamic treasure hunting where it's only in each city for a week. Yep. Could you rent out a bunch of properties for a week to help create a web just temporarily type thing? And Well, that's what it was supposed to be all for. Um, a lot of that, of course, was community speculation. So it was kind of that aspect. And it was like, you just spoke to it yourself there. Like, Say there was some big massive event that was happening in Manhattan. Well, you want to get involved in that, but you don't necessarily want to spend the you know seventy thousand upex to buy a property there. Well, maybe you could rent it for you know four thousand upex for the week or something like that. So yeah, that was always the thinking. It wouldn't even need to be that much because yeah. consider how much uh, how much they earn in their yield. So it wouldn't. You'd be talking hundreds at the most. Yep. Um, but times eight if it's an apartment building. Yep. Um, and. I wonder how, like, the expansion of the racing system, you know, we've got the URL Racing League and there's a bunch of other racing leagues. A lot of, They're starting to put out more and more kind of um, uh, focused content around the racetrack and there's all of these, you know, Layer 2 experiences tied in with that. I wonder if Layer 2 is going to take that over as far as some kind of rental system to being able to, you know, live view some of these races. 
Yeah, be like the Gold Coast V8s or something, isn't it, where people are out their balconies watching the race? I did that um, for many, many years, yes. Yeah. Many stories uh, that I could never share. <laughs> well, it is one of the interesting parts of the game, isn't it? You just don't know where they go. Like, even Dirk, even when I met him, like, obviously very cagey, won't tell you much. It'll ask you what you think's going to happen. They're interesting. Yeah. Um, but won't really give you anything. Like, obviously, I mentioned I thought, because this is going back in May, I thought Sydney was going to get released in August with the Women's World Cup. That yep. was sort of the rumour. You had the Opera House on the that Block Explorer, the tourism one from a couple of years back. So that's why Sydney was always sort of mentioned. I thought, yeah, that's perfect opportunity, obviously, with the FIFA connections and stuff like that. Mm. And he goes, interesting. But, you know, we always release, like, another city next to it. Obviously, Sydney would be a one 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 city. Yep. Yeah. So, what do you think would be like the other city we could release with Sydney? And to me, it was a no-brainer. Like, yeah. how could Canberra not be? Yeah. Well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? It's right there. Yeah. It's definitely not a one-one-one city, and it's right there. It's Australia's capital. It's a no-brainer. Like you just, you know, it's your London and Birmingham right there, without a shadow of a doubt. But yeah. You know, and he, he seems to like the idea, but. I, well, obviously, he wouldn't give any feedback whether I was even close to being on the money or not. But you know. yes, imagine trying to explain to what Canberra's all about to our Yankee friends. I mean, oh. some interesting conversations. Um, I did put a note down too. I forgot to ask you. You said you went to the London meetup. Did you meet Radishhead there? No, he couldn't make it. I did message oh, him beforehand, bummer. and he couldn't make. It. I actually traded my London Block Explorer to Radishhead. Oh, cool. Um, because I only owned the one property in Hollywood, so I negotiated with him to come up with a deal where I gave him that for some properties. So if Radichad, if Hollywood ever does get over the line for a collection, I will have that collection sorted. Um, yeah, I so, think yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's Hollywood and Midtown Terrace is probably going to be Hollywood, Midtown Terrace, and Greenwich Village probably battling out next month. I think. Yeah, so I'm going to miss out on those ones, but I helped out as like I built obviously properties on my Hollywood places and I helped him finish up all his ones. So I did my bit. I mean, I could probably go out and help some randoms in Hollywood, but outside of that, um, yeah, there's not much more I can do. But obviously it's an, it's a not going as well as um, Howard's beach, but it, it's a pretty good node. There's a lot of um, activity going on in there. I mean, Howard's beaches in, in Queens, at least I'm not comparing it to the rest of Upland, but yeah, Howard's Beach is just killing it in terms of the node, which is super frustrating for a treasure hunter. Yes. Um, so I've got a couple of properties early on, but then it just exploded. And now it's, yeah, it's one of my holes that I, every time it heads me down that way, I'm like, oh, here we go. It's two or three cents are going to disappear here. <laughs> uh, yes. um, so yeah. it, it is what it is. So. Nice. Yeah, I just. Sorry. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, um, I was just going to go back to you talking about your plan with uh, new city releases. So it doesn't seem like you're somebody who gets sucked into the FOMO of it all, you know, the the rampant collection speculation that goes on, everyone trying to snag an ultra rare and buying up the secondary market before Look, collection reveals. I won't do the collect- – I won't do that. Oh, when I say I won't, there is, there is an exception. Um yeah. Obviously, with the city release, I'll send my block explorer there and try and mint whatever you can. It's a yeah. free for all. You never know. I've not yet got an ultra or anything like that. Um, I do look at the different speculations because a certain street or a suburb doesn't have to be a collection for you to be able to sell it as a collection before yep. the announcement. 
So if everybody thinks like King Street's going to be a collection and it'll sell for two or three X before the release, and if it's not, well, you've done really well. If it is, well, you've made decent money anyway. So it's a kind of a win-win. Mm. Um, so I'll definitely, you know, I think I'll keep getting up at two AM or four AM when daylight savings gets back in, um, and keep doing that. I don't get in. I pretty much don't do any buying in that week leading up to collection reveal. Yep. Um, if I think I've got any collections, I might hold, and and then I'll go from there. Only exception to that was, and I, I look back there, I think I got a little bit lucky, but Abbey Road in London in, in the expansion. Oh, nice. Yeah. I picked up one straight off the bat. Like, I wasn't anywhere near. I had to send to it, but was lucky enough to get one of the three. Mm. Um, and I looked at it, and the bloke was selling one for mint price in US dollar. And I'm like, mm, okay, that's interesting. And there was another one selling for a little over 2X. I'm thinking there's a good chance this is going to be a red collection. I'm like, I'll give it a... So I threw in an offer to the guy that was selling his a little bit over 2X, for 2X exactly, mm. and he accepted it. So I was like, okay, well, I've now got two, so I'll buy that other one for mint price but in USD. So to so me, that Bring your average down. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. smart. And then obviously, so that was a bit of a gamble, but obviously Abbey Road turned out to be a collection, so which a lot of people weren't happy about, but mm. um, you know, it's only famous for one pedestrian crossing and pretty much nothing else if you ask most locals, but... Uh, there's um, pl- plenty of butt butt hurt gets um gets dished out when it comes to collection reveals. Yeah, but the same can like I obviously West End was one that I thought might have been a collection as well, and mm. obviously it's not. Well, you got I mean London's pretty famous for the theatre and stuff like that, and I thought it's got to be a good chance of being some sort of collection. So mm. you know what goes around comes around. Uh, I think like if Sydney ever got released, I in my head I'd. Reckon I'd have a good crack at what I think the collections will be. I bet you I get like one out of ten. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, are so you know you think like George Street or Parramatta Road would have to be a collection, but it probably won't be because everyone thinks it will be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bondi Beach, uh, how could it not be a collection? But you know, yeah, you just don't know. Why. It's, it, no. it could literally be anything. Literally be anything. So I don't like the fact that it is just absolute random, but the same time it hurt. i think people that do their research should be a get some sort of reward for it too so yeah. it is what it is so absolutely but well, yeah as you can see from my i don't go and buy over mint price or anything as you can see from my chart i just don't think it's worth it so uh, now we kind of got to talking um i think it was the end of not last night's show it was the, the show prior the Upland Down Under podcast, and you'd mentioned that you'd seen that you were just behind me on the total spark ownership. And <laughs> I love it. And you, I was kind of flabbergasted to find out that you'd, you'd got nearly all of your, what are you, almost 30 spark from treasure hunting. Yeah, 29.2 or something. And I think you're at 29.5. I'll catch you this week. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I bought my first ever point one spike when I first started playing, didn't really know what's going, only because I had that Radishhead property and I wanted to start building. They just brought out the having your home address. You obviously had to build. Oh, yeah. Radishhead also had a competition. Like if you build a property, you know, he would give out a reward as well. So I was like, happy days. Started yep. building, obviously, point one spike, trying to build a townhouse. Took a lot longer than what he was willing to run the competition for. So I didn't get my little bonus. Yep. Um, but I did win a property in San Fran from having my node in my home address in, in Hollywood, so it all worked out well. Um, yeah, so I bought the first point one, which costs like 75 US dollars, so not cheap. Yep. And I went, okay, that's not going to happen. So 
but yeah, every other bit of Sparkle that I have, every other single bit is either from logins, treasure hunting, um, or um, the trading comps at the, I did come in the top 10 in one of those trading comps at the end of, I think it was the Dallas one. Cause I had a, a one property I had was in a street collection. I only had one and I wasn't willing to buy the other two. So I just flipped it. And as a result, it put me really up high in the trading comp. Nice. Um, yeah. So, so 29.1 roughly sparkers. Yeah. All earned just from treasure hunting and playing the game. And you've been playing for just under 18 months and you said, correct me if I'm wrong, you said you didn't get into treasure hunting straight away. No. Yeah. No, so, a few months before I got into it and then, and even then it was probably another few months before I started getting right into it properly. And it wasn't until November last year that I um went, okay, I'm going to seriously crack, sit down and crack at this. I'm going to start buying properties in Queens. I owned a few properties in Queens, but um, I started to really ramp up. And initially, I, I think I had less than 100. I was like, no, I'm going to go for 300. It seemed like mm-hmm. a good number. But I got to 300 realized that wasn't even nearly covering Queens. Yep. So I get to 500 and I'm like, yeah, okay, we're getting better, but still not near Queens. And by this time, I'm starting to get my send ratio down from about three down to one. Nice. Um, and then I just kept buying properties in Queens and just kept and reducing that. And then obviously, I plan to keep nerfing it. And then every time I get my send ratio below one that nerf it again and send you back up above one again and frustrating so, yeah it is yeah it is but um like the last one with these arrows like you don't know where you you have no clue where the chest is until you're on top of it just yeah. the way they set it up you just you before you just find your nearest property and you could send to it it could be 10 blocks away but you could you roughly know roughly where it was just from the arrows yeah and now you could be sitting on a property and you literally one property short of seeing a red arrow, it'll show you a white arrow and you don't know whether you're three blocks away or 30 blocks away. It's just, it's frustrating from that point of view, but if you've got an extensive web, like I do, a lot of that can be eliminated, but that's the thing you need to get that investment before you start getting that reward. Do you think the reasoning behind that, do you think that's, been successful like have they achieved what they set out to achieve well first of all with that arrow the arrows one is the most frustrating one but what's really annoying is and i was actually hunting at the time it changed so i'd done a hunt all good the very next hunt no no light red arrows i used to call them Mm. and i was in between it was in between three properties i'm like hang on one of these has got to be red i don't understand how it's not Mm. anyway so i went and found that it cost me an extra set and I went to um, Discord just to see if it was just me or everyone else having a problem. Of course, people are on there, you know, blowing up, going, the arrows aren't working properly. And Squizmo, I can't think of his name is, was on there going, yeah, no oh, worries. Mm-hmm. Yep, he was on there going, yeah, no dramas, all good. I've we've reported this to the techs and we'll let you know. So, okay, no dramas. You know, things happened, broken, we'll come back later. So I gave it an hour and a half, two hours, came back and... It hadn't changed, so I'll give it up, go to bed for the night, come back the next morning, and that's when the announcement from Uplander came, oh, we've made a few tweaks to treasure hunting. You may mm. find it a little bit harder. We'll continue to monitor. Like, this was the first, like, even their own team members didn't know that the change had gone through. And yeah. that's probably the thing that I think upset a lot of us treasure hunters was you didn't even communicate this was going to happen. Like I was in mid-hunt when this change had happened with no clue that it happened. Um so that was frustrating. 
um, as I kept saying, like, if you've got a lot of properties, it doesn't affect you a lot. It'll slow you down. My biggest issue with it is it slowed me down a lot because now I don't know, like I said, it'd be three blocks away, 30 blocks away. So to land from a long distance away onto the property is a lot harder now than what it used to be. So tracking to your nearest property takes a little bit longer than it used to. I'm getting better mm -hmm. at now with the new system, but um, if you don't have many properties, it's a lot harder, I think. And I can see a lot of new players just going, no, it's not worth the effort. It's too hard. I still argue that doing 10 hunts a day would be more than enough for most people. Like if you did that every second day, you'd get a spark chest on yeah. average. Um, and I think it's not super profitable, but you'd make a little bit of profit out of it without putting the time and effort that I put in. But yeah, well, you've so, definitely gone gangbusters here. So, what did we say? You got nine hundred and sixty-four properties in Queen. So, I guess you're you got to be gunning for the one thousand rounded off, surely. Uh, there is no target for that. It's just, um, like I said, initially it was just to get my send ratio down to one, which I did that ages ago. But then they keep changing it, so it's gone back above one again. So I've got it back down to about one. But then once I got my send ratio down to one, it was about trying to get my speed, how fast it took, or how long it took me to get it done down. Because mm. yep. at the moment I'm spending between four and six hours a day doing it, and it's just too much. Like I'm, I said I to my missus, how you doing? Ages ago. Yeah. Well, it's well, I only work part time pretty much, so I've got the time, and I'd I watch telly with the missus stuff like that when I'm playing. So it's not like it. I've dedicated like those hours, and I'm not doing anything else, and as well. But yeah. It was all about trying to, if I could do two stints of two hours in a day just to get it done, that would, you know, that was sort of a goal. And I can't do it now. But it's just, it's the efficiency loses. If I go with speed, I lose the efficiency. So yeah. it's sort of, which one do I go with? Um, so the more properties you have, the more efficient you can be with it. So it's, it's more about that. If I can get down to a time that I think I can't get faster, even if I wanted to, that's probably when I'd stop buying, but. Yeah, well, it's definitely it's so, definitely something that's worked out. Selling them at half price. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's definitely something that's worked out very well for you. Like, obviously, you are putting a lot of time, effort, and energy into it. But um, I was wondering if you could bring up that sheet that you were showing me earlier that just just really shows like um, what's possible as somebody that came in, um, pretty much just set up this all from scratch and you know you've really focused in on spark it's something you're you're as i said you're putting time and effort into you you're really focused on getting the spark now for that kind of long-term goals and play yeah so, so obviously spark is very under underutilized at the moment yep. i do really really and that's what i'm banking on that that changes significantly in the future i mean i thought it was going to change with um manufacturing obviously it hasn't happened yet but who knows yep um like I said, it's a long shot. Whether they bring in airlines and stuff like that, it's a long shot. I assume you're going to need a lot of spark to run an airline. Um, obviously, refueling, repairs, all that sort of stuff, or whatever they come up with with something like that. It would, be, it would be amazing. But outside of that, just renting spark out, I think, would be very profitable. Um, potentially, anyway, profitable prospect. But if nothing else, I'll just continue to build properties on my houses. Oh, sorry, buildings on my properties and then and go from there. But... Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you want to run us through this? All right. So, I only started keeping my stats back in November. So, obviously, it already been almost a year in our plan. So, that was about when I started to seriously focus and go, right, this is not really a game. I don't do treasure hunting for fun. Our plan themselves said it's more of like a part-time job, and I agree with that. Not in terms of an income for each week. I can't 
you know, pay my electricity bill with it. Yep. But I do look at it as a job. I even say joke to the missus, yep, going back to work now. I was going to do another, <laughs> another hour of treasure hunting. Um, does, does she say, right, I'll see you later, or does the eyes roll? Well, I'm sure in the back of her head it rolls, but no, she's super supportive, which is fantastic. Well, you, you're lucky to have a partner that actually plays the game. That that's yeah. that's awesome. So she did do a little bit of treasure hunting herself at, initially, but then it's sort of she started getting bored of it. I think before the changes and the changes it was like the nail in the coffin. Yeah, so it was like so she got herself up to about five spark, and there's like no, nah, that'll do. Um, now she just really does the city releases, so I'll wake her up at two a.m. Um. And she'll come out and she'll, and she did quite well with Tokyo actually. Um, nice. She doesn't have the same bankroll that I do. And, but she had a couple hundred thousand and bought like 13, 14 properties or something and, Sweet. and flipped a few and got back close to where she started, but still owning 12 properties or so. She, she, yeah, certainly not hardcore like I am, but so. Yeah, that's good. So November 2022, you. So, you were on, is that you were on 8.3? So you picked up yeah, 1.5 so spark in the month. In, in the first month, I started recording it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So you can see that, that amount of spark steadily increased as I got better at hunting, as I got more properties. You know, like you might hunt, like, like with any sort of sample size or data or stuff like that, the more the bigger the sample size, the more accurate your results are. And yep. everyone knows that your spark chest is roughly one in 20. Mm. It doesn't mean that every 20th chest you open is going to be a spark chest. I have had three in a row. Um, nice. But if you get three in a row, that means you owe Upland 57 searches at some point. Well, actually, um, it's funny you say that. When, when this whole um, standard spark hunting first came along, I did, I believe I got over to over 120 hunts. I was recording it, over 120 with zero spark chests. And I, I figured, oh, I, I must be somehow shadow banned because I've got to airdrop too many because there's people like getting all this spark and I've done 120 hunts with nothing. So I'd give it yeah, away then. I was like, I'm out of this. So like I said, the larger the sample size, the more accurate your data is. Mm. And um, so this is just like a summary of, each month so down the bottom here you can see in the since i've recorded i've opened nearly twenty-two thousand chests that's crazy yeah, yeah which nearly just over 1000 has been spark or 19.93 and before last month last month was a good one before the last month it was 19.99 mm. so you, every hunter knows there are good days and bad days some days you'll just hit you know one in ten chests will be spark and other days you'll search 80 and get none yeah and I kind of sometimes wish it was just one in 20. So that way you just get your four each day or three each day, whatever you're aiming for and yep. move on. But, you know, it, I stopped getting upset when I opened 80 chests and got none because it always evened out. You know, it's going to swing so, back around. Yeah. And you so, only get that perspective by doing what you've done here. And and even exactly right. And even in like um over here, this is my last month daily because I only record it and then I usually delete it. I kept it just in case you wanted to look at it. Yep. So each day daily profits. Like I started off really good last month with two twenty k almost, yeah, fifteen k, fifteen k. So yep. obviously uh, that straight away told me I'm going to be in for a few bad days, which wasn't that bad. I mean, five thousand I mean, before the one of the nurse, eight nine thousand was your bad day, but you know it is what it is. Yep. Um, 
so here's like a really bad day, like 3000 for a day. Like you open 70 chests and you end up with 3000 profit or $3. So you're like, kind of and that's with the send ratio of just one as well. It's not like you're burning one. all up on sends. Yeah. Well, it's not, not even that. You use our taco tool and you can hit like most of your properties will be um 20 upex sends. So you're really saving, you can save a lot of upex using tools like that rather than just clicking and looking for a cheaper one. Yep. That just pops up straight away, shows you where all the 20s are and bang mm. or 25 depending on what city you're in but with coins um so like I, so i stopped worrying about individual daily results and just more than month results so as you can see down here because yep. by the end of the month it really usually evens right out to so if you're opening 80 chests a day you'll get four spark chests a day on average yeah which obviously you do the maths on that works out to be a bit over two spark a month but yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Fair time investment, which I won't be doing forever. My initial goal was 50. We'll see if that still stays that way. Um, as you can see over here, I sort of plan to get to about 50. By October 2024. Yeah, yeah. That's good. In the next year, so which is still 12 months before I think the next bull run in crypto. So we'll yep. see what happens. And what's your record month there? Is that 2.5 in June? Is that the, the record there? So, Oh no, two point six sixty. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I missed yeah, that. One. Just last, just last. It, it's always increasing. Like, um, as the efficiency gets better. So, as you can see down here, my average chest for August. Mm. So they were going up, but then you get like these nurse, like the arrows and stuff. So you, it takes time to adjust and and learn and get better at it. But so August was the first month I actually averaged over eighty chests a day. And is that what that red highlight is there? The two nerfs that came in, the two major nerfs. Um. Yeah, that'll be introduction and removal of the most useful arrows. So that light red arrow was, yeah. I think, most standard treasure hunters or even treasure hunters in general, but would yep. use that light red arrow is like indication that you're nice and close now. Yeah, well, that 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 was the main triangulation tool, wasn't it? Was to get that well, to find that light red arrow. Well, you didn't really. I don't think you really triangulated in the old system. You'd just find your nearest property and you'd mm. shoot from there. And more often than not, you could get with a couple of clicks on the properties around it, you you knew your distance you, and you could just shoot and, and hit it. Now you do have to triangulate, especially mm. if you don't get a red arrow. You've only got white ones. You've got to find, and you don't always have three properties. Even with 900 in coins, I still don't always have three properties near a chest. Um, but you do, you've got to hit two, three different, and that's where I say the time comes back into it. Like, I lost a little bit of efficiency when they brought this in. I've adjusted for that, but at the time probably added another 20% of time that took me to get back to 80. Mm. So I'm slightly working on getting that back down again, but yeah, you know, it, like I said, it's frustrating. Most standard treasure hunters, you know, we were, weren't happy. They tried to say it was to stop the cheating in um, competitive treasure hunting. I personally don't believe that, but you know, it is what it is. But the silver lining into this is, well, if treasure hunting is so much harder and I've seen an influx of properties come on the market in Queens, I don't know what other cities are like, with, you know, well under mint, does that mean other treasure hunters have uh, had enough of this now? It's all too hard. Uh, New players are going to find it hard to treasure hunt. Mm. Like to me, that's going to make Spark a lot rarer in the future. So it's kind of people abandoning their treasure webs and just cashing out of them. Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of that. I don't think there's... Not necessarily a lot. I mean, some people are here for the long haul, but there yeah. could be a little bit of people just going, you know what, I've had enough of treasure hunting. Um, 
there probably is a few people. I was pretty upset with it at first, but you know, I got over it eventually. I'm still not happy with it, but you know, it is what it is. You know, you got to adjust and adapt and overcome type thing. So, is is there is there any specific reasons why you've pursued the standards rather than going for the the competitive angle? Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. Um, I did look at that and I very quickly, when I was starting to play around with the treasure hunting and stuff like that, I very quickly realized, because you can look at the history of the the competitive and you can see who's winning and how much it was, stuff like that. And some of those prizes were crazy too. One of the first ones I saw was like 280,000 upics. Yep. I was like, for one treasure hunt, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So I can see why they nerfed that. Yep. Um, but I very quickly realized that there was the same, you know, half a dozen or so players that name just came up every single time. So it's yep. like anything in the world. It doesn't matter how good you are. There's always someone that's better. Well, there's, so, I, don't, I don't know if you know, there's people like Russell Enby who famously oh, used to put his, yeah, put yeah. his phone in the freezer for like a minute before the treasure kicked off and all sorts of crazy stuff. So, and that's it. And they, the little tips and tricks that they know. And there was one bloke that I saw always pop up in Queens. I actually contacted him in Discord and said, mate, how do you do this? Like, how are you so good at this? And he actually gave me a few tips and stuff like that. Oh, that's good. So, which was, I mean, most of the Upland community is like that. They will help you. They won't try and hold the secrets for themselves. And there's certainly some things that people won't pass on, but yep. for the most part, most of people will talk to you and, and share some secrets and whatnot. Um. But so first of it was, okay, I'm competing against other people and and it's only going to get harder. Like people are going to get better and understand this. And and it, to me, it was like, you know what, it's wait till the chest spawns and then go for it and be one of 20 or 30 people going for it and stuff like that. And especially once they nerfed it, it was just not, to me, it's not profitable. Yeah. So I went, okay, that was one reason. Two was, and I don't know this for sure, I only suspect this and certainly see it when other people like on YouTube and stuff when they bring up their Upland on on their screens and whatnot. And I don't know if you experienced this, it might be a Dubbo thing, country New South Wales, but the time when I cl- click on a property for it to populate like the colours and all that come up, whilst it only seems like half a second to a second, I'm sure it's a lot slower than what it is for like the US-based people because I'm assuming we're a lot further away from the server that runs the game. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a, well, I was just going to say, there's a lot of tricks as far as there's certain things that you can turn off in your, yeah. you know, your I Google Chrome settings animation. and turn them on yeah. and yeah. Yeah. So, but even things like that, that half a second and and anyone that's done any treasure hunting, competitive treasure hunting knows what the dang Oh yeah, notification is, and and that's painful. So when you get that, you know, like so close, and you think, well, if I was in America instead of Australia, I wouldn't have got the dang. I just would have got the profit, got the treasure. But yeah, um, so I just thought it's too competitive, it's too hard, and yet we've, and that was before they made it dynamic. Mm. So that's the other thing about dynamic treasure hunting is now you need web in like different cities where I just need one in Queens. Yeah, and to be honest, I think. Even with the nurse, it's still more profitable, I think, to standard treasure hunt than it is to competitive treasure hunt because you got five minutes. Now, I, if I was trying really hard, I'd probably find almost most most of my treasures in under two minutes yeah. in Queens. Being a larger city, if it was San Francisco, I reckon I'd probably do it in under a minute. Um, yeah. And there's treasure hunters out there that are doing two and 300 chests a day. So that's why I say I'm nowhere near the top of the tree. That's mental, yeah. Um, even at one minute a hunt, that's still five hours. And like, I don't think you can do it in even the smaller cities in one minute, but mm. on average, but how they're doing 300, I don't know. But, you know, they're getting half a spark a day almost, some some ridiculous amounts of spark. Well, I guess the standards, yeah. you're, you're putting your, 
you're putting your future in your own hands, aren't you? Your destiny in your own hands. It just becomes a, a maths game and it doesn't have that same frustration element, especially if you've done like most of the major treasure hunters do some kind of thing like you do where they track it all. So if you understand the math, you're going to appreciate that you're going to have good days and bad days where if, if you're doing the competitive hunts and you get danged two or three times in a row and you've been sitting there for the last three hours trying to get one, that's where it, the frustration really kicks in. Yeah. And then the third reason, and I realized this really quickly as well, is I wasn't confident. I think Upland confirmed this with the latest nerf to treasure hunting. Mm. I wasn't confident there weren't people cheating the system. Yeah. Um, I think, Maybe later I'll show you a stat off air with one particular player of a spark treasure hunt for a spark weekend, and I don't think it's possibly humanly possible what he was able to achieve in a weekend. Yeah, and I looked at that and just went, "Well, if I'm competing against cheats, and I'm not saying that everyone is, and most people aren't, I don't think, but if there is even a potential, well, I don't want to be part of that. So that's why I just fan of treasure hunting is just yeah. the way to go. It's definitely the most profitable way anyway, in my opinion. Yeah, well, there's a lot of very smart people out there. Um, that has been a feature of treasure hunting um, ever since treasure hunting first became available. Like when treasure hunting first became available in San Francisco, there was no cooldown and it there was people just getting the same treasure every two minutes or not the same treasure but just getting the the limiteds and the exclusive treasures, just one after the other, after the other, after the other. And back then, half of San Francisco, more than half of San Francisco wasn't even minted. So even if you're jumping all over to other people's properties, you know, the chances of doing what they were being, being able to do on a, such a consistent basis, it did raise a lot of eyebrows, did raise a lot of questions. Um, there were certain accusations pushed around back in the day. Um, some of those people disappeared pretty quickly. So, yeah, I... I think I think that's a battle. Ultimately, that's a battle that Upland can never win. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it kind of sucks. That's only a small reason, and I I don't go chasing competitive at all. I have over a hundred, which is not much compared to the you know the leaders and all that. Yeah. Um, like basically, I'll be aware when when there is like it's actually in Queens at the minute. I'll be aware when I start when I spawn a chest. I'll see the timers run underneath it anyway, so I'll that's see if um if one's about to spawn and if it happens to be anywhere near where I happen to be, then I'll yeah. go for it. You'll go for and a chase. Can, yeah. And I'll go for it. And like you can, cause five minutes is so much time for a standard chest that you can go and chase it, get it and still go get your standard chest as well without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. The one I prefer to go for, cause it relies a lot more on luck than anything else is the hidden ones. The stealth. So I'll spawn a, yeah. The stealth yeah. ones. So I'll spawn a, just a standard hunt. And instead of trying to jump from one side of the map to the other straight to it, I'll just do lots of little hops in the hope that I'll see an orange arrow pop up. Yeah. Um, and it, doing that, like actually going from my own chest, but having to come across the stealth one at the same time. Um, that Because well, that can take two or three minutes to get found. So, Well, stealth must just be, like if, if you're a committed competitive treasure hunter, stealth must just be a nightmare now with the, taking those light red arrows away. Well, you only didn't get the red ones anyway for the stealth. You had to be pretty know. much on top of Yeah. Well, you had to be pretty close to it anyway for it to come up. So I don't know that, that that's changed much. That much, yeah. How the competitive ones, I mean, they can still go pretty quick, the stealth ones. So whether that's just pure luck or how they, I don't know. I mean, there are still some, shenanigans. There are, some, <laughs> there are some brilliant hunters out there. And I realized that really quick. There were some people, I watched a video of someone doing 
and they're just so fast. And I was like, yeah, I, I, that's not me. <laughs> I'm never. I, I'm more laid back. I do my two minutes for a standard hunt on average is pretty quick, but not compared to a competitive hunt, which is forty seconds. If you're taking longer than forty seconds, you're wasting your time. Oh yeah, I, I know several people that I've known in the community for years who went all in on the competitive spark hunts, would set alarms every, you know, whatever the cooldown was, every three Three hours, hours, just get up nonstop for the the entirety of Spark Week. And, yeah, they'd walk away with a, you know, a swag full of Spark. But I'm like, man, that's – get some sleep, Christ. Yeah, I I do question that sometimes. But anyway, so to me, that's a bit standard. You just – chip away that like each day it's sort of it is a drag i'm like i'm getting to the point where i'm a little bit over it um but i'm committed and i just do see the big picture in the long term so i mean i am obviously relying on upland to deliver on stuff that we don't even know what's being developed but um you know that's the pun i was willing to take well i like that you've set yourself some pretty realistic goals and you've kind of we've seen in that spreadsheet you shared that you've kind of mapped it out like okay if if i just stick to it for this many months then I should be at or about here. I think I think that's a really smart way to go to about it. Like you don't have some crazy lofty goal. You're not being too unrealistic in your expectations, and you've kind of catch, put steps in place. Not going to try and catch Abdullah. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I'd have to hunt for about forty thousand years to catch him, but um, yeah. and it, and he'd just go and buy more. No doubt. If someone was starting getting close to his amount, an actual player. But no, I think the highest one out there is Expedia, and he's. Over a hundred spark already. Yep. Um, uh, like, yeah, I'm not even looking at trying to. I'm not looking at trying to catch anyone in particular. To be honest, I'm just trying to get to about fifty spark, which I think was a nice, good round number. Whether that's where I stop when I get there, I don't know. Um, oh, at fifty spark, you're at the absolute top of the pyramid as far as spark holders go. There's, oh, there's a lot of people still above fifty even now. Yeah, but even the vast majority out- of people, the vast majority of the players, have less than one. Oh, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So, unless you, it's obviously a lot of money to go buy it. So, I can understand, which is why I say 10 chests a day. Most people should try and aim to do that, which is the minimum price. That's what they used to all be worth or cost to spawn. 10 a day would net you on average one spark chest every two days. So, which adds up. I mean, if you're getting your 0.1 spark, 0.01 spark, just logging in every seven days, yeah. to do 10 searches, it's going to take you less than an hour. You don't have to do it all in one hit. In fact, if you don't have any properties, you can't do it all in one hit because it's so hard to find sense. Um, well, you, you might have convinced me to get back into it because I I don't even do my free hunt. <laughs> I got jack of doing my yeah. free hunt. Oh, I think uh, you should do that. At very low. That'd give you one spark a month, so roughly. Yeah. Um, one, one and a half sort of thing. But yeah, 100% works out. One spark chest a month, you mean? Yeah, well, if you're only doing your one a day, so you're 30 yeah. spark chests, so yeah, yeah. one and a half, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, doesn't mean you can't get, you know, do three searches in a row and get three spark in a row, but now you know for the next two months you're probably not getting one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But at the same time too is if you don't get one for two months, you know you do and you probably get two in quick succession. So it does even out. Long term, it 100% evens out. Um, anything that hasn't evened out is the amount of upics you get because that keeps getting nerfed. But I can understand that too when people are earning ridiculous amounts a month, over a day, sorry. Like when you're... Back before, I was seeing players earning two, three hundred spark a day. Oh, sorry, not uh, upics a day. Yeah, two hundred or th- so. Well, okay, what was the number? Might have 
you know, a lot of upics a day. So I can see why they were trying to nerf it. Yeah, well, in, in your stats there, so you were averaging, what, over 250,000 upics a month, something like that? Would that be the, the kind of average? The highest I got was 400,000 before they reduced. That was the send fee, I think, that changed that mostly. Um, yeah, that's epic. Because now once you hit 30 searches a day, or even after you hit 10, obviously the, the spawn fee significantly awesome. increases. Yeah. So when you hit 30, and I'm, remember I'm doing 80, so roughly 50 a day I'm doing, I'm doing for free. Yeah. So even if I only use one cent and I get the minimum cent fee of 20, I might make 10 upics. Yeah, unless yeah. you hit one of those upics chests that are, you know, you can't hit your two, three, five thousand upics chests. And when you get those, that's why you keep doing it because you get that oil, you will get your one in 20 spark. If not today, yeah. tomorrow. You so, just got to play that long-term numbers game, mate. Yeah, so for me, it's not about I don't try and aim to get 10,000 upics a day or I don't try and aim to get three spark chests a day. I aim to get 80 chests a day. Yeah. And if I get five spark chests, then I get five. If I get zero, I get zero. I know it'll even out. Yeah, the rest will take care of itself eventually, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's. I think it's brilliant. I think um, you, you kind of tried to downplay what you've done there a little bit. I think what you've done is epic. I think it's anybody who's out there and wants to get involved with that sort of thing, I think um, you're a prime example of what can be achieved if you, you know, set your mind to it. So I think it's awesome. Um, you've mentioned a couple of future goals there, like running an airline and getting to your 50 spark. Is there anything else on your radar as far as um, where to next or future goals, plans? Where to next? No, at the moment, it's just about growing. Um, like, I'd like to see a lot more layer two and, and games like that involves it, but that'll take time. I mean, we're at the very, very early stage, I think, of all that sort of stuff happening. So at this stage, I'm just hoping to grow and and see where this game does go. I mean, airline would be, to me, and if that ever happened, whether I can even afford that, because I assume a plane, like one single plane would cost a crap load, so let alone own a bunch of them. But Well, if it's user-generated content, it's the, the cost is the time that it's required to, you know, to create it all, like the um, the planning and all that sort of stuff. So it's not necessarily yeah. a monetary cost, unless you were going to buy your 3D designs off a third-party market or something like that. No, all I think it would be like, I don't know who would create it, but like the trucks are in Upland at the moment, I assume at some stage you use your trucks to transport goods around the country. I yep. assume plans would be the same sort of thing where you can have domestic or international flights transporting people around. So yep. instead of just going to an airport and rocking on a plane like they do in Upland at the moment, more realistic would be you'd have to book a flight and be at the airport at a certain time to catch that flight yep. so you'd have to pl- for a city release or something like that you'd have to plan ahead a little bit oh. I mean, not to the extent the real world does but anyway the, where this game goes <laughs> like the sky's the limit what they do with it I mean, obviously it's not that easy to build but yeah uh, i'd love to see games like that sort of and i do see a potential that a future person could say yeah i'm a virtual airline pilot in upland and, that, mm. and they could probably earn an income from that, to pay their bills, like maybe not living in some of the countries where bills are really high, like Australia or, or whatnot, but you know, there's plenty of countries where, you know, 100 bucks a week is a lot of money. Or it's a shitload in, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, Even, you know, five, five ten dollars a day or something like that is, is epic. So. Yeah, and that's exactly what I do with some of the other NFT projects I'm involved in. I lease them out to other people, delegate them out to other people who earn that little bit of money. I get a cut of it, and I don't even have to worry about it. I don't even log in and check. Nice. Um, 
So I could see that happening in Upland, but that, that'd be the ultimate goal. Otherwise, I'd just continue flipping and buying and speculating and collecting like I have been, which in itself is, that in itself is where I started with Upland and anything above that is obviously bonus. Gravy, mate. Yeah. All right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to get out there? Uh, is there a way that people can hit you up? Is it on the discords? Are you on Twitter or anything like that? Um, not, I have, I have, Discord, 100%, yeah. Um, obviously, the same name on Discord, so you can track me down quite easily there. That's probably the best way. Yep. Um, yeah, the first thing I see when someone hits does hit me up, you can see that you're both a member of the same server. So that's so when I see the Upland and a few other Upland-related type things, I'll usually have a look at what they say and, and whatnot. Obviously, in-game's the easiest way. Um, yep. So... Yeah, definitely utilize all those chat thingies. So make deals with people, but yeah, um, yeah. But the same token too. Whenever I see other treasure hunters on other streams, I always tune in because I like to try and pick up tips and tricks. So we haven't really gone over that tonight, but um, yeah. Oh, we, we, we got some time. If there's anything you want to put out there, um, no, not off the top of my head. But if people had questions, but yeah, at the same time, people might have. I'd suggestions to me this is how you can improve this or that or whatnot but um yeah I don't have anything off the top of my head but yeah certainly oh we can just put it out if if you're listening along and you've got some questions you could always hit Swally up in the um yeah. obviously his DMs or in the YouTube comments or something like that well other people yeah I hit other people up when I first started and they helped me so obviously I'd be unfair of me not to return the return it so pay it forward as they say yeah, exactly. All right, mate. Well, I really appreciate you jumping in and having a chat. And like I said, I think it's um, very inspirational and awesome to see. Very easy. Already. Thank you for having me. <laughs> see you later. If you have an Upland, NFT, or Metaverse product, service, or event to promote, or you're just someone engaged in Web3 who'd like to have a chat, send me, Ben68, a DM on Discord, or drop a YouTube comment to discuss and secure your spot. This entertainment production is brought to you today by the Samurai Aquatics and Decor MetaVenture. Scan that QR code or click that link in the description and dive yourself headfirst into the Samurai Aquatics Discord server to pleasure your peepers on our current and future range of outdoor decor.